Well, today we're going to look at some attributes of a godly mother from the life of Hannah here in 1 Samuel. Now, actually, while I'm first and foremost going to be talking to mothers this morning, these really are truths that will apply to each one of us here, mother or father, single or married, male or female, because ultimately this is about how we can be godly people. And so this morning, I'd like you to notice, first of all, the first attribute of a godly mother that we see from the life of Hannah is first that a godly mother will face problems. A godly mother will face problems. Oh, thanks, Pastor, for the encouraging words this morning. I want to be a godly mom so I can face problems. Thanks for the encouragement. Well, the truth is, it actually is encouraging when you stop and think about it. Because I I believe too often people are thinking, and moms in particular, that if I have problems in my life, I must not be living a godly way, and I must be a bad mom, because look at all the problems that I have. Uh, This is a lie straight from from Satan himself. Um, Listen, Jesus told us that we are going to have problems. We are going to have troubles in this life. John 16 and verse number 33 says this, and here are the words of Christ. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So he promised that we are going to deal with problems in this life. Problems are a part of life. It's really not a matter of if they come, it's a matter of when these problems will come into our lives. Sometimes we get into our minds that maybe if I become more godly, though, if I get closer to God, if I spend more time with Him, if I make choices to please Him, uh, then I'll have less problems in my life. Right? When, when, When maybe we have some health issues and we think, oh, well, maybe if I just go on a special diet, all those health issues will go away. And so we think, we, we take that to a spiritual level. If I just uh, walk with God more and if I have a better walk with Christ, then all my problems will go away. Well, sometimes that's true. Sometimes we can indeed limit the amount of heartache in our lives and we choose to please God. But there is another promise in the Word of God that I need to share with you as well. I need to be completely honest with you, right? You see, many times the more godly we are, the more problems we actually face. And this isn't great salesmanship for trying to get you to live a godly life, (laughs) right? What what you would want to hear is, hey, the more godly you are, the less problems you have. And again, sometimes that's the case. But but according to 2 Timothy chapter number 3, here's what Paul reminded uh, young Timothy. He said, thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, charity, patience. You've known my persecutions, Timothy. You've known my afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. And what persecutions I endured, but out of them them all the Lord delivered me. And then he gives this promise. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall have no problems in their life. Unfortunately, that's not what it says, does it? It says, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So living a godly life may not erase all of your problems. In fact, it might create more. And throughout the Bible, we see people who were striving to live for God and who faced 
tremendous problems. Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Esther. And here in 1 Samuel, we see this lady by the name of Hannah. We see in these verses that we read a moment ago that Hannah's husband, Elkinah, had two wives. Now, that was kind of a bonehead move number one, okay? I mean, getting two Mother's Day gifts and two birthday, two anniversary, that's just two mother-in-laws? I mean, hello. <laughs> Not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Uh now, this, of course, is a, in an age when uh, one of the main purposes of having a wife was to provide children. And not only was she not able to have children, but she faced ridicule for this year after year. Look in verse number 5. Uh, Unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. For whatever reason, she wasn't able to have children, and, and the Lord was the reason for it. And verse number 6, and her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. I mean, year after year, uh, this, this, this other wife that Elkina had would, uh, would, would kind of poke her, you know, with the words. Uh, Hi, Hannah, could you help me with my children? I have so many and I just don't know what to do. Hey, uh, Hannah, would you mind helping me change a diaper? I mean, do you even know how to change a diaper since you've never had any children? I mean, just these statements that probably would come and, and stab her in the heart. This went on year after year. Hannah, I'm sure, felt feelings of inadequacy, and, and uh, she probably suffered bouts of depression as a result. I mean, Lord, what are you doing here? I mean, I, I'm supposed to have children. I, I thought this was my whole purpose in life. I'm pretty sure that there are women here, perhaps, may, scratch that, people here uh, today who also feel inadequate, uh, maybe are going through a bout of depression, or don't understand yet why the Lord has them in the situation that they're in right this moment. Maybe there are some here today who also haven't ha- been able to have children. Uh, my wife and I, we have four children, but during the early part of our marriage, the first year and a half or so, we didn't really want children. We wanted to get established in our uh, marriage relationship and then start having children. It was about a year and a half after we were married that you know, we had enough of just being us. We were kind of like, it's time for children. Well, we got the bug, right? We got around other people who are having children. We're like, you know, I think it's time for us to have some children. So we began trying having children. Well, a year and a half went by and nothing, crickets. And we began to feel like Hannah was feeling here. And, and uh, we got to the point where maybe it's just going to be us. Are we going to be okay just being us? And we finally got to the point where we were content to have it just be Julie and I. And it was that week that we found out that we were expecting that crazy guy. But maybe you're facing uh, difficulties in your life. Maybe you're facing problems and thinking, you know what, I must not be a good or godly person in the eyes of God since this particular situation is happening to me. I want to encourage you this morning that this message is for you today. Look, to be a godly mom or godly person does not mean that you're not going to have problems. You're going to have to face problems. 
But you need to know that you don't have to face them alone. And just because you face problems doesn't mean that you're not loved by the Lord. But, but what do we do in these moments when we're going through these problems, when we face these type of issues in our lives? What do we do? Well, it leads me to the next attribute of a godly mother and what Hannah did. Secondly, a godly mother prays. Uh, when she went through difficulty, she decided to take her problem to the Lord. Uh, look in verse number 9 here. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And as it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, no, my Lord, I, I'm a woman of, of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. So here's the scene there. She begins to pray, and, and she's so intense in her prayer that uh, she's thinking the, the words, and then her mouth is actually... Uh, mouthing the words, but no volume is coming out. And, and uh, you know, Eli is over here at the post, and he's kind of watching this, and he's like, she's wasted. There, there's no question that that lady is a little tipsy. But she wasn't. She was praying to the Lord. You know, when Hannah faced problems, what was her response? You see, she chose to go to the Lord in prayer. She had real problems that were causing her pain and anguish, but instead of giving up, she looked up, and she looked up to God in prayer. And by the way, this is absolutely important for us to remember when we face trials. Hannah did not turn away from God in her problems. She turned to God with her problems. A lot of people allow problems to turn their lives away from God and say, God, if you were God and good in my life, you wouldn't have allowed this. And so I'm going to turn away from you. But that's not what Hannah did. Hannah said, Lord, you've allowed this problem in my life and I'm going to turn to you. You're the only resource that can help me with this issue. And by the way, prayer was her first resort. Uh, for the men yesterday in our prayer breakfast, we talked about this with Peter. As he was walking on the water and he saw the waves and the problems around him, his circumstances were less than ideal. And instead of just looking around the entire time and all the way sinking, he didn't turn to the disciples and say, guys, what do you think I should do? I mean, what did you do when you walked? Well, no one had ever walked on water before, so he had no other resource there but the Lord. And what a resource the Lord is in our lives. So let's turn to him when we face problems and trials and difficulties. Too many times we exhaust all other avenues before we are brought to our knees. Uh, let's go to him first, and that's what Hannah did here in 1 Samuel chapter 1. 
Praying mothers is an important part of our society. Theodore Roosevelt, uh, I put the quote in your bulletin this morning. Praying mothers are America's greatest assets. The power of a mother's prayers are absolutely priceless. Deal Moody used to tell the story of a man who came to him and said, When the Mexican War began, I wanted to enlist. But my mother, seeing I was resolved, said, Well, if I became a Christian, I might go. She pleaded and prayed that I might become a Christian, but I wouldn't. I said, When the war was over, I would maybe become a Christian, but not until then. All of her pleading was in vain. And at last, when I was going away, she took out a watch and said, My son, your father left this to me when he died. Take this watch, and I want you to remember that every day at 12 o'clock noon, your mother will be praying for you. Then she gave me her Bible, marked out passages, and put a few different references in the flyleaf. I took the watch and the Bible just because my mother gave them to me. I never intended to read the Bible. So I went off to Mexico, and one day, while on a long, weary march, I took out my watch, and it said 12 o'clock noon. I had been gone four months, but I remembered that my mother at that hour was praying for me. Something prompted me to ask the officer to relieve me for a little while, and I stepped behind a tree out of those plains of Mexico and cried to the God of my mother to save me. God saved him, and after the Mexican War was ended, he said, I have enlisted again to see if I can do any good for my master's cause. So I want to encourage us, when we face difficulties and when we face trials, especially maybe in our families and maybe even with our children, go to God with your problems. Pray that God, that through whatever you are experiencing, that God will grow you and and pray for God to change things. He can, and He does. And we will see here, number three, a godly mother not only experiences troubles and problems, but then he takes the, she takes those problems to the Lord in prayer, and then she trusts God's provision. She trusts God's provision. Look now in verse number 17. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. When they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned, came to their house to Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked of him of the Lord. Now, yes, God did bless Hannah and provide a child for her. And yes, God does change our circumstances sometimes as part of his provision. But sometimes he doesn't change our circumstances, does he? But he still provides for us. I think about the Apostle Paul, who uh, the greatest Christian right in history had a thorn in his flesh. He asked God how many times? Three times to remove this thorn in the flesh from his life. And here's what the Lord had said to him. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. In other words, I'm not going to change your circumstance, Paul. 
I'm going to provide you the grace and the strength to handle the circumstances that you have in your life. And really, before the Lord ever provided a child, a a son for Hannah, God had provided her great peace. Look in verse number 18. She said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat. I know what you're thinking. I want to go eat soon too, Pastor. And I'm trying to hurry through this. So the woman went her way and did eat. And her countenance was no more sad. You know, before she became pregnant, before she could have ever been pregnant, God provided peace for Hannah. As we trust in Christ for salvation and grow in that relationship and pour out our hearts to the Lord in prayer, God cares for us and provides for us through the peace that only He can provide. Before He changed the circumstances, He gave her peace to handle the circumstances that she was already in. Whereas before, she wasn't going to eat anything. I mean, they brought a ribeye steak with A1 sauce, medium. That's the only way to get a steak, by the way, is either medium rare or medium. Once you go past that, you ruin it. My wife likes it medium well. I need to go take her to the doctor to get her checked out. That's not right. But she wasn't, Hannah was not willing to eat. She was so torn up about this problem, but then the Lord had provided a peace in her heart to deal with what she was dealing with. Now all of a sudden she wanted that medium ribeye with A1 sauce. Right? Moving on. (laughs) My wife's not giving me great looks right now. And it's Mother's Day. This This is not going well. Okay. Philippians chapter number four and verse number six. Let me get back to the Bible. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and He shall change all of your circumstances. That's not the promise. The promise is, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Look, when we face trials and difficulties, and we take those to the Lord in prayer, the Lord blesses with a peace to handle those circumstances. So God's provision does not necessarily mean that He's going to change our circumstances, although we can certainly ask for that. Sometimes it means that God is going to change us. Now beyond that, we recognize that God has a desire to bless us as well. He delights to give us good things. And so it's good to ask for those. Matthew 7, verse 11. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven Give good things to them that ask Him. So God says, ask me because I am a good Father and I want to give you good things. Sometimes He chooses just to give us peace to handle what He's given us. God is good all the time and we can trust Him to provide exactly what is best and what we need. The fourth attribute or characteristic of a godly mother here is that a godly mother keeps her promises. A godly mother keeps her promises. Look in verse number 21. And the man Elkinah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. Now Elkinah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, 
Tarry until thou have weaned him, only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks, one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. She said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Remember back in verse 11 when she was praying there, and when Eli was watching her and he thought she was uh, drunk? Remember the vow that she made in verse number 11? She vowed that she would indeed give the Lord, uh, give the, the child unto the Lord all the days of his life. And now Hannah was keeping the promise that she had made to the Lord. Now imagine for a moment you've been able, unable to have any children for your whole life. Now all of a sudden you have your first child and now you give him over to the Lord completely for his service. That must have been a difficult thing for Hannah to do. Because all she wanted was children and now she has one. Now she's giving the only child that she has to the Lord. It reminds me of the story of Abraham and Isaac and how Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac there on Mount Moriah. Amazing. Very difficult. That must have been very difficult for Hannah to do, and yet she knew that the Lord wanted him to do it. And we definitely glorify the Lord when we keep our word, even when it hurts. Psalm 15, verse number 1, the psalmist asks, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? And he answers it with several different qualifications. And one of them, in verse 4, says, He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. In other words, I'm promising something, and, and now to fulfill that promise, it's going to hurt me a little bit, but I'm going to do it anyway because it was a promise that I made a vow that I made, and certainly that was the case with Hannah here. And the goal of every mother here should be to raise your children to trust in the Lord and to serve Him even if it requires great sacrifice for you. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to be in what we call full-time Christian ministry, but in whatever we, need, um, but in whatever we do, we need to be serving the Lord, whether it is at our workplace or our neighborhoods or in our homes. We need to be teaching our kids to serve and to walk in truth. This is really the ultimate goal in parenting. Third John chapter, uh, third John in verse four says, "I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth." So, young people, if you're still here today and you haven't gotten your mama Mother's Day gift, can I encourage you to give her the gift of you walking in truth? That's the gift that she wants the most. Now, give her some cards and flowers and candy and. Take her out to dinner, give her a mani-pedi, whatever you have planned to do. But walk in truth. That's the gift that she really wants the most. Hannah did the one thing that would be best for her son in the long run, even though it was painful for her in the short run. And so, moms, I know the sacrifices that you are making seem difficult, but I'm telling you they are worth it. They are worth it. See, godly moms are women of their word. 
And finally, when we're living godly lives, even as we experience problems and pray, we have received the Lord's provision, uh, provision keep our promises. We find that, uh, finally, and fifthly, this morning, a godly mother praises the Lord. A godly mother praises the Lord. And uh, look in chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 here. Hannah prayed again and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Hannah chooses to praise the Lord because she knew that God had indeed blessed her and that Samuel was blessed of the Lord. She knew that she was completely, uh, that Samuel, her son, was completely in God's hands. The hands of the one that she could completely trust, that heard her in her distress, that provided for her, and that had mightily blessed her life. This was the God she could trust with her most valuable earthly possession, her son. This is also the God that you can trust as well. This is the God who wants to listen to you when you experience trials and problems and difficulties. This is the God who wants to give you peace in the midst of difficult circumstances. This is the God who wants to bless you. And it caused Hannah to want to praise the Lord. As you moms see your children go off, as an arrow goes from a bow, as you let it go. I know that's a hard thing to let that arrow go, isn't it? But once you do, praise the Lord for all that he's allowed you to do. And praise the Lord for his goodness in our lives. Yes, a godly mother can make an incredible difference and impact the lives of her children. And really, the impact you mothers are having are not just in the lives of your children, but they're really generational in their impact. Because your children are going to have other children. And, and on and on it goes. And so we cannot over, overstate how important your role is, moms, in the lives of your children. And when you decide to be a godly mother, the difference you can make is immeasurable. Uh, I read a story about uh, Dr. G. Campbell Morgan. He was a, he was a great preacher of yesteryear. He had, he had four sons, and each one of them became preachers. And someone once came into their home when all the family was there after they were older and out of the house. They all came back for, you know, a, a holiday or something. And, 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 and someone thought they would, uh, they, they would see what Howard, one of the sons, was made of. So they asked him this question. Howard, who is the greatest preacher in your family? And uh, thinking that he was going to say either his dad or maybe one of the other boys. Howard had a great admiration for his father, no doubt. And he looked straight across at him. And, and then without a moment's hesitation, he answered, Mother is. Abraham Lincoln was correct when he said this. No one is poor who had a godly mother. What a great statement. And evangelist Billy Sunday preached this. I don't think there are enough devils in hell to take a young person from the arms of a godly mother. So moms, can I encourage you to decide today to be a godly mother? And if you are a godly mother, to continue in that? Dads, can I encourage you to? And those who are not parents at all, can I encourage you to decide to be a godly Christian? Because the difference that you and I can make when we live godly lives is amazing. 
want to end with one more story this, this, this morning and we'll be done. When the California gold fever broke out, a man went there leaving his wife in New England with his boy. As soon as he got on and was successful, he was to send for them. Well, it was a long time before he succeeded, but at last he got enough money to send for his wife and children. The wife's heart leapt for joy. She, she took her boy to New York, got on board a Pacific steamer, and sailed away to San Francisco. They had not been long at sea before the cry of, Fire! Fire! rang through the ship. and Rapidly it gained on them. There was a powder magazine on board, and the captain knew the moment the fire reached the powder, every man, woman, and child would indeed perish. So they got out the lifeboats, but they were unfortunately too small for everybody on board. And in a minute, they were way overcrowded. The last one was just pushing away when the mother pled with them to take her and her boy. No, they said, we have got as many as we can hold. She entreated them so earnestly that at last they said they would take only one more. Do you think that she was the one who leapt on that boat and left her boy to die? No way. She seized her boy, gave him one last hug, kissed him, and dropped him over into that boat. My boy, she said, if you live to see your father, tell him that I died in your place. That, of course, is a faint picture of what Christ has done for us on the cross of Calvary, is it not? You see, he lived a perfect and sinless life and was crucified on the cross in our place for you and for me. He laid down his life for us. He died so that we could live. Can I encourage you, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, to come to him today and to understand how much he loves you? He loves you more than a mom could love you. He loved you so much that he gave his all on the cross of Calvary. Would you come to Christ today? I can't think of a better day than Mother's Day 2019 for you to come to Christ and be saved and become a Christian, be part of God's family. And once you become a God, part of God's family, He'll never cast you out. He is a good and gracious God.